You're listening to the Happy People Podcast with your host, Nye Armstrong. That's me. I actually took it upon myself to learn how to do remote podcasting. It's something that I've always been sort of leery of, um, but because we're supposed to be practicing social distancing, now is a perfect time to dive into that um, arena. So our first guest is someone you know very well, is the psychotherapist Saba. She's coming on today day to talk about like sort of like a mental health check how we're preparing for social distancing and sort of like showing ourselves compassion and trying not to be anxious so god willing you find this podcast interesting i'm also going to be talking with a couple other pretty amazing people a doctor um, a youth director for a masjid and imam and hopefully I'm going to be talking to some other pretty awesome people. Maybe, uh, who knows? Now that geography is not a, an issue, I can tap into all my cool people <laughs> worldwide. All right. I hope you enjoy this, and I hope everybody is um, surviving. <laughs> all right. Let's connect with happy people. Uh, so yeah, my brother's in Wuhan, and um, he just basically was like, the second that they said social distancing, he did exactly that. The only thing that he went out for is food. And even now, he just has it delivered. So, mm. yeah. So when they say social distancing, does that mean like isolation? I thought that just means staying away from each other by six feet. Six feet, yeah. But also, like, the thing is, when you go out... They don't know, I mean, they're starting to understand how long the virus lives on surfaces. So, like, if you're going out to different places, even if you're not um, within six feet of someone, if you touch something that somebody else has touched, like, within, like, a five- or six-day period even, like, you could become infected. Really? Even five or six days? Yeah, yeah. I thought it was two days. Well, like, there's there's a lot of misinformation, but I always go with the most <clears throat> dramatic and let that lead my life, so I'm extra cautious. Oh, that's good. So, like, honestly, sanitize everything. Do not touch your face at all. Like, if you have to go out, just if, like, if you have to get clients, mm-hmm. like, have hand sanitizer there, hand, like watch your hands watch their hands like everything just yeah i've been sanitizing my office like even the doors even like the the couches like i've been like i don't know if that's gonna help or anything but i've been like using clorox wipes to like sanitize like the whole office before each client leaves yeah yep 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 that way like no one gets sick i mean with my um like most of my meetings now like uh it's all via um the internet so maybe oh, for work yeah maybe think about uh so most of my clients don't like doing in, like the ones that i have in person like a lot mm. of them have just canceled most of them don't like to do like uh, online maybe because they don't have a safe space to be vulnerable you know like yeah. at least your place is very safe and they feel like they can be vulnerable there yeah maybe. i think that and and uh, like my building honestly like after 5 p.m like there's no one there 
Yeah. Like it's literally like, I mean, unless I have Corona or they have, my clients have Corona. Yeah. That's the only way that they're going to get Corona. Otherwise, like as long as they're like, um, wash, sanitizing their hands or they shouldn't like, unless they t- touch a surface, of mm-hmm. course, that's like a way that they could get sick, but that's the only way. Yeah. What, um, so with everything that's happening, what have you noticed is sort of like the mental health sort of pulse right now in the society? Well, I think for a lot of people that's like panic and anxiety, um, some, some, some of it to do with, you know, the actual virus, especially if they, if those individuals have any family that it's older or like, um, immunocompromised or has diabetes of any sort or some kind of illness of any sort, then I think that there's like this anxiety of like, I might be able to give the virus to somebody else. Um, I, and I think for a lot of other people, it might be like concerns over financial stability just because a lot of things are closing. A lot of places are closing. And so a lot of people's jobs are being compromised, especially if like they're in the service industry. Yeah. Um, and so I think there can be a lot of fear and panic around that as well. Um, and just like about financial security during this time. And then of course, for people who are struggling with depression or any sort of anxiety, like isolating is not necessarily the best way to cope. Mm-hmm. And so that, that can make it worse for people who are already struggling with their depression. If they do have to isolate, um, then, you know, finding ways to like still socialize through, you know, the internet and through um, video chat and things like that so that they're not, so that they're still able to, even if they're social distancing, they're not isolating. Mm-hmm. There's a there's a distinct difference between social isolation and distancing. Of course, yes, for sure. I think that the main difference is that, like, yeah, with social distancing, you're just not in close proximity to a, another person physically, whereas, like, in isolation, you're not even talking to anybody. So you're just at yeah. home in bed, um, having a hard time getting up, having a hard time doing anything, and, like, you know, just staying to yourself mm-hmm. versus, um, you know, taking precautions so that we as a, as a nation can, you know, keep the people who are immunocompromised or, you know, our vulnerable population um, safe. Now, if you, if your like family member is in sort of like the nursing home and you can't get to them or like you feel like, um, because most people are practicing uh, social distancing and then also the, um, the vulnerable population are like, cordoned off as they should be Mm -hmm. what would you say is sort of like because when that happens you can kind of feel helpless right um how can you sort of help sort of curb that feeling of helplessness helplessness yeah like in regards to like not being able to visit your family maybe not even visit your family or just general helplessness because like because of the uncertainty right because there's so much uncertainty out there yeah so like being able to tolerate uncertainty is such an important skill to have Mm -hmm. and when you notice that helplessness just even reminding yourself that you're feeling helpless because of the uncertainty and to remind yourself to ask yourself what are the things that i can control and how can i focus on those things the other thing that I think is helpful is a coping mantra that I always come back to is that like whenever I'm, you know, having like a lot of like what if questions that I don't know the answer to, I always remind myself that I was able to like deal with uncertain situations in the past and I came out fine and I will be able to deal with any uncertainty that comes up now. Whatever, you know, is thrown at me, I will be able to take care of that. Mm-hmm. And so to remind yourself that you'll be able to get through with whatever, you know, is thrown, whatever struggle is thrown your way, you'll be able to get through it. Mm-hmm. Um can kind of help with that over preparation yeah 
So <clears throat> people who have maybe like control issues, this is sort of a situation that control was taken away from them. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> how would you, because that's definitely me a little bit, um, how would you recommend coping with that? Like the fact that you have that loss of control feeling. Yeah, so that it can be really hard for if someone is like wanting to like control every aspect of their life and like it, it's harder for them to like, you know, go with the flow because they want to make sure that there there's no room for something being uncertain. Mm-hmm. Um, so like to be able to tolerate this type of, like, you basically have to tolerate, you have no, no option but to tolerate your uncertainty in, this, in moments like this. So, so it's it, sort of like embrace it? Yeah, like embracing the uncertainty if, mm-hmm. if it's possible. Um, yeah. to say like, it's okay. Like I'm going to be okay. Um, and I'm, I can feel anxious and I'm accepting that. And I think that the, it's, it's actually like almost like a behavioral experiment of like being able to tolerate the uncertainty, like almost like when you're getting, you know, rid of like a phobia, like you just have to like go and like actually, like if you're phobic towards animals, you have to go and actually like touch an animal to realize that it's safe. Mm-hmm. And so to go through a period of uncertainty can actually like prepare you for like, oh yeah, like right now I have no control. And it's okay because things will still be okay. Like once we're out of this, like this will be a great learning experience of like, yes, things will actually be okay, even though it is uncertain for a little while. Mm -hmm. Um, Now, because a lot of people have to remote in, which is what we were talking about earlier, but um, their kids are also off and you end up having like complete chaos. How would you suggest people to sort of cope with that anxiety of just like the kids are home my husband's home we're working from home it's all like piling up like how would you recommend people who have to face that to deal with it yeah that's a really hard question i think it's different for different people um Mm. but like it can be like very anxiety provoking to like wake up one day and realize like, okay, like now you have to work from home and then you have like your kids to take care of. And then what if you don't, what if you're not able to work from home because you're a service worker and like you, or like you're a healthcare provider and you have to go into work, but your kids are at home because schools are canceled. Mm -hmm. And so like, those are all like valid concerns uh, that people might be like having, uh, like having to like, I guess, mitigate those challenges. Um, so it's like at this point, like coming up with like a solution for whatever it is can help with just like decreasing that anxiety. And then like, just like having trust and faith that like things will work out. Um, but yeah, it's like, I think problem solving probably would be one of the best ways to like overcome that anxiety. Mm -hmm. So sort of like if you have to have, if you have to work from home, sort of set up your home office and like put like, uh in service on the door like yeah like create boundaries for yourself like within your house like for example like me and my husband we have this policy where like if he's really busy working if his office is closed then like I don't just like walk in like I usually knock and Mm. if and if I can help it I try not to disturb him because usually he doesn't leave his door office door closed Mm -hmm. so we keep that as a boundary just because we both of us do work from home and like sometimes it can be really hard if he's in the middle of work and I'm have a question or something like it can like you know throw him off so yeah. I, we try to be really mindful of like not disturbing each other's each other when you know we're in a space of like trying to like work. Mm-hmm. Now let's just say like because um, this has been cropping up and it's never something that I actually thought about before, which is if you 
are at home because you can't go into work or whatever and you're you've been through like some trauma with people at the house how would you go about setting up those boundaries so that you can get through it day by day yeah that's a really that's a really hard question um to answer um because it's different for, again different for different people but that's something that like if, if getting out of the house is your sort of escape from like yeah. a situation that's maybe not the healthiest then mm -hmm. it, it's obviously going to be really hard to stay in that environment where you feel like is not safe and for some people their home environment isn't safe mm -hmm. and so at that point like if it's at all possible for like you to like go to like a friend's house or like set up boundaries to keep it safe but that's like I, I, another question um, that is like hard to answer. There is a hotline service um, for like victims of abuse. Yeah, and I should we, we should probably share that. At the, well, I like, know the, show the one that I'm familiar with is Rain R A I N N dot org, but I think that has to do with like sexual abuse, etc. Like sexual assault, like that kind of stuff. I don't. Do you have one specifically in mind? Um, I remember it being posted by somebody on Instagram, but let me. Maybe what we can do is post it on the show notes at the end. Yeah, we can totally do that. Um, that way, like people have that. But that you're right. Like that's really scary. It's scary yeah. when if, if if your home doesn't feel safe, and now like you're not able to go to work, and then you have to like interact with maybe your spouse. That's like that you don't have a good relationship with mm -hmm. um, or you're a teenager and or like a call a young person and one of the ways that you were able to like escape was escape like the control of your parents let's not say teenager let's just say like let's take that part out <laughs> a college student if you're a college student and you're struggling with you know like being at home in the same space as your parents because you guys don't have the best relationship and like it can be that that is like a valid thing that can be hard difficult for you mm-hmm would you like i know we talk about it a lot but like meditation journaling these types of things are proven methods to help with that anxiety mm -hmm. that is stemmed from this kind of uh, situation um like i was talking earlier today with a friend and because she has a bunch of kids home now and she has to get her work done too she couldn't do the dishes and that's like a big pet peeve of hers and so her mother-in-law did it for her and she said she, the amount of guilt she felt for her having to do it i was like well what if you switch guilt to gratitude what if instead of feeling guilty that your mother-in-law did the dishes what if you feel gratitude for her seeing a need and fulfilling it for you like there's yeah that's no, a really good way to frame that i like that a lot there's no difference really it's just how you your perspective the angle you're going to look at it um and then not only will that sort of build you up it'll also maybe build your relationship with your mother-in-law who is like a 10 out of 10 uh mashallah but um yeah i think i think you just have to know what you're capable of and i was like maybe instead of feeling guilt maybe you should just like journal the things in a different perspective 
Yeah. That's really helpful. I think that lower, like lowering your standards for yourself, like your capacity, like really just getting in touch with what is your capacity and like really honoring that instead of feeling guilty for the fact that you can't do like you were saying, but like honoring what your capacity is and like being thankful for like to your mother-in-law for like helping you maybe, but then also thankful to yourself, like being grateful that you were able, like you have the capacity to do so much, which you are doing because you were staying at home with your kids doing your, you know, your work if in this, if we're going to use this example. Yeah. Like, honestly, the thing that you, I think people have to give themselves a break mm-hmm. during this time, big time, because we have our expectations. But if your kids are at home and you're at home and they have to do schoolwork and you actually have to do your work so that you can keep having a paycheck, um, like, mothering and taking care of kids is a full time job. Mm-hmm. So now they're looking at, two full-time jobs that they have to do during the day it's intense yeah absolutely have compassion for yourself right yeah absolutely um yes i think that right now if you're going to practice anything it'd be to like practice self-compassion and giving yourself a break and then remembering to like use your coping skills like in journal journaling works for you and i like that journaling in a different perspective if journaling works for you like that's a great way to cope the other thing too is like taking moments to like practice like deep breathing because that can really help with just anxiety so if you're noticing anxiety coming up taking some time to go into the other room and just take a few deep breaths it doesn't have to take a long it doesn't take a long time but even that in and of itself can help you get back to a state of calm so that you're not acting from a place of anxiety yeah now you were talking to me earlier about universality yeah so the concept of universality which basically means that you are not in it alone and that you are you having a shared experience mm-hmm. with with uh, a group of people? Because I know now everybody has to do like homeschooling, or they have to the people that have to work in the service industry or in the health industry, they have to go out and do this, and it's like everyone's having the same stressors, right? Mm-hmm. And so you feel a connection through that. Yeah, for sure. Like, so a lot of times, like people have like clients and just like even family members have been like, you know, like I was really concerned. I was really worried and I am worried about like X, Y, or Z, but then I take a step back and I realize that like, I'm not in it alone. And I think a crisis like this can help us internalize the concept of universality and that truly like in your struggles, like even if it feels like you're alone, like there is, there are other people who are experiencing very similar things and it just gives, it might, it may just, that concept can just give you a sense of hope. That, like, I'm not alone. Yeah. So, like, the kids that you were telling me earlier, like, have to go home from college and they're stressing out because they don't know if they're going to graduate. But thousands or even, like, a million students are in the same situation. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like, where they're, like, they might not be able to graduate or, like, if you're... If you're, like, working in, like, you know, the restaurant industry or something like that where, like, your job has been, you know, you've been asked to leave your job for a short while because of the fact that the restaurant isn't, you know, isn't able to stay open Mm -hmm. to realize, like, you're not in that crisis alone, that, like, we're all, like, facing different struggles, but we're we're all, we might be facing different struggles, but it's all, it's, this virus has really impacted all of us. Yeah. Like, the thing that, I keep going back to when you started talking about universality, I was like, hmm, I wonder if I've felt this before. And I feel it every Ramadan, like the difficulties of fasting. Mm -hmm. It's made easier when everyone's fasting with you. Absolutely. 
it take it's like the ease of Ramadan versus sort of like having to fast throughout the year, like when women have to make up their fast, it's like torturous to do it any other time of the year than Ramadan. <laughs> I agree, absolutely. Like it's so easy to fast in Ramadan, but like outside of Ramadan, especially when you have to, if you have to make up any fasts, mm-hmm. it's so difficult. So difficult. So the universality of this situation is everybody is in the same boat. Um, yeah, and actually, that's one of the most powerful. Like one of the most powerful, um, I guess, like benefits of uh, group therapy is the concept of universality. So, like hmm. a lot of times, like when we like when therapists conduct group therapy, we try yeah. to help like normalize experiences and also like try to help clients to realize like they're not in it alone. And that's why support groups are so helpful. Because again, yeah. it like it reiterates the concept of like I'm not alone. So, and one thing that we can do then is sort of maybe like y- utilize the online programs that are available to sort of like your wants and needs. Like if you're suffering for this, I'm sure everyone not could get internet access to maybe like an online support group or a bunch of mothers that are in the same group that you know and you can just sort of vent to them mm-hmm. yeah yeah like joining an online support group is really helpful and like trying to stay connected like whichever way possible is like really good um mm-hmm. i know that like um roots has, has like moved all of their things to online and mm-hmm. some of their some of their programming is done through zoom um and so like gives you a chance to like even communicate back to like others in the group and so like you know joining those kind of video calls if you do feel like alone or even like with your friends like deciding that you're gonna like all hop on a call to just like check in with each other and see how everybody's doing yeah i think it really like um my brother they have uh wechat in china because he's uh in quarantine, like everyone, everything is through WeChat. Like you can buy groceries through WeChat. It's like WhatsApp, but like including like Amazon and uh, DoorDash and Postmates. Like it's all in one app. Oh it's my God, that's nuts. amazing. It's crazy. Um, but probably monitored pretty heavily by the government. But <laughs> <laughs> we won't go there. Uh, anyways, so, like, he will just get on, like, group chats with all of his friends. And then, like, um, every day around 10 p.m., I'll call him. And we'll, we'll, we'll face chat to each other across the world. But it's, like, it's a connection anyways. And it makes him feel less lonely. And now I need it because I'm self-isolated now. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah for sure like and I think it like even like we, we, when something's taken away from us you can truly appreciate it yeah um like with that like if we're gonna use like the the analogy to fasting like obviously when food is taken away from us like you just enjoy like iftar is like the best meal like it feels so mm-hmm. great to just like break your fast and that food that you eat tastes so good yeah. um and so like you know right now we are practicing social distancing and i think that once our world world can return to some normalcy normalcy is that the right word yeah um we can you know we'll truly appreciate like having others around and yeah like the joys of like actually gathering with others and like interacting with people yeah and the thing that i think you mentioned earlier which i think is really um powerful is when you said social distancing not social isolation like we have to keep physical distance, but that doesn't mean we can't reach out to friends and family um, and connect that way. 
Yeah, absolutely. And I think that even for like for some you, people, you might not for some individuals, you might not even really be experiencing the anxiety of the actual virus or the coronavirus itself. Mm-hmm. But just having empathy for those around you that are Mm-hmm. And like really like hearing them out and like listening. Cause I think that a lot of times we offer advice before we actually like listen to the other person and really truly listening is better than offering advice because usually as humans, like we can figure out like what works best for us, but sometimes just having someone to like hear you out or just talk through your experience can give yeah. you the insight of like what you need to do for yourself. Like somebody who will actually be there and listen and not just placate. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you for joining me on this quick session. I'll probably we'll probably check back in on you um like a little bit later so that you can sort of like give us another mental health check if this continues to go on. Is that cool? Yeah, absolutely for sure. We can definitely do that. Um I did find the number for the domestic violence hotline. Yeah. So you want me to share it on share it here so yeah if you do feel like you're not safe at home for whatever reason due to domestic violence there is a hotline that you can call and they can help you think through ways to stay safe if you're spending more time at home and that number is 1-800-799-7233 and it's it's free it's confidential and domestic violence doesn't necessarily have to mean that it's happening like domestic violence can also mean psychological abuse. It can mm-hmm. also mean that you're ex- witnessing someone else going through psychological or physical abuse. Yeah. And so your that hotline is free. And so if you are having um, trouble staying at home and you need ideas of like what you can do to stay safe, because we are asked to you know social di- like distance ourselves socially, um, calling that number um, can they can help you with some ideas of what you can do. Yeah, I think that's really. I think we have to think about the vulnerable people in our community. And if you know someone that could be greatly affected by this situation, just reach out. And if you need help, I'm sure there's people that can help you with it as well. But yeah, we just really have to think of ourselves as a larger global community at this time. Um, And sort of... Make sure that nobody falls through the cracks, which is a huge thing. Because uh, I think in a situation like this, that could happen pretty easily. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. And the other thing that I was going to say, too, is mm-hmm. um, there's a lot of online counseling services like Talkspace. Um, I also offer online sessions. So if you feel like you need to talk to somebody just through your anxiety or something like that, like make sure like you're reaching out to like a therapist just to kind of check in for mental health if you yeah. feel like you're struggling during this time. Yeah, most definitely. Don't if you're if you're struggling, that's honestly it's the best thing you can do for yourself. I actually put it into my budget. <laughs> oh, awesome. Yeah, because if I if I don't go to therapy, I'm like, uh, <laughs> I'll break down. Yeah, no, therapy is an amazing thing and especially during times like this is like a time that like you it's it's a it's a tool that you can utilize. Yeah, most definitely. Well, how can people follow you? Yeah, so if you would like to follow me, um, my handle is at happiness.co.counseling. And if they wanted to sign up for online counseling with you, they could just DM me through there? They can DM me through there. Well, they could do that, but I would probably send them to a link. So there's a link on on my, um, in my bio. Mm -hmm. And if you just click that link, then you can schedule a session through my website. Awesome. Thank you so much for your time, Seba. Oh yeah, no problem. Thank you for having me.